Maybe you should go and do some contemplating. Hi, this is Rachel McElroy. Hi, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is Rose Buddies. And it's the Maximum Fun Drive. And you know what that means. We're going to take you for all that too you've got. Too fast, too furious. Oh? Is it? Drive Angry, shot in 3D. Have you seen Drive Angry, shot in 3D, starring Nicolas Cage? No, but I know you have. Saw it in theaters. Got fucked up. Went and saw my buddy Nick Cage do his driving on the big screen. And let me tell you, it's not good. <laughs> suboptimal. <laughs> suboptimal movie experience. So, here's what's up with the Max Fun Drive. Hi, and welcome to Rose Buddies. Usually we talk about The Bachelor, but they ran out of Bachelor. It's all over now. They ran out of it. They were giving us too much. They were like, do you want two hours this week? And we're like, no, slow down. Like, parse it out a little bit. And they're like, how about three fucking hours, two weeks in a row? And we're like, okay, now you're being aggressive. Like, you've gotten really hostile towards us. And we're not exactly sure why, Bachelor franchise. But they ran out. And so, we were wandering through the desert for a while. And then we came along a beautiful Hawaii-shaped oasis. And it was Terrace House Aloha State, which is what we're going to be talking about this week. Um, but we're also going to be talking about the Max Fun Drive. How excited are you? This is your first Max Fun Drive as like a member of the of the fam. It it feels pretty great. I mean i I have a lot of experience asking people for money. That in is my true. Profession, and you also um, busked in the Brooklyn subway system for yeah. a while. You played the sousaphone, and and then I glued spoons to my shoes. Did yeah, little, spoon shoes. Did a little tap, Mrs. Spoon tap Shoes. Did a little yeah. soft shoe down there. Who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. What, Mrs. Spoon Shoes? Oh. Can you give me a little, like, a harmony, with, like, a melody with that? Um, well, it was spoken word, really. Oh, that's right. That was Mrs. Sp- <laughs> Mrs. Spoonshoes would also do a little bit of slam. I would go, who do you think you are, Mrs. Spoonshoes? So, Mrs. Spoonshoes. Oh, you did it, and I interrupted. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about the Max Fun Drive and what you can do. Basically, it's a cool thing where um, you can support our show, and you, you can support all the shows on the Maximum Fun Network. Um, and we have been supported. We've been doing um, a bim-bam on the Max Fun Network. I think this is our sixth Max Fun Drive, maybe seventh. And so there's uh, there's a lot of bonus content that you can get. There's a lot of cool pledge gifts you can get, but also like you can help us um, make make this thing better and help us like do more stuff and turn this into more of a like a career, which um, you you have been doing for the the McElroys for a long time now, and we are sure grateful for that. But we're gonna talk more about it um, in a second. I'm gonna apologize for my voice because I just recorded a two hour adventure zone, and so I'm shot. Um, but we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Aloha State, Terrace House Aloha State, which you may remember are... Did we just do one episode? Did we really wrap up all of Terrace House in one episode last last year? I I have no memory. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those of you who are new to Rose Buddies, when we're in the off season, we call our show Rose Buddies with Zs. Because yes. it's not technically on brand, but we still it's say... Not. The reason we chose Terrace House is because it is a show about singles, typically, uh, and the whole focus of the show is getting these singles together. Well, it's not the entire focus of the show. Uh, it's Most, a big, it's part, a big of part of it. I, most of the time, our criteria is just like kissing shows, shows with kissing in it. And this eight-episode stretch... No spoilers, but no kissing. No so kissin'. maybe we should reevaluate. We uh, we watched Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City, which is on Netflix. Which if you ha- if you have not watched and haven't listened to our recap of, go watch it. It's like my favorite shit basically ever. It was my favorite like media thing of 2016. I think we watched it 
Um, we consumed it very, very quickly. We watched it while we were in the hospital after Henry was yeah. born. Um, we watched a bunch of episodes. That's where we watched the meat crime incident. And it quickly became like one of my favorite shows. And we referenced it on this show a lot. And I feel like almost you need to listen to our recap of it to understand like how we consume The Bachelor now. Because it changed how I sort of like view what reality TV can do. It kind of yes. reminded me what reality TV can do. Yes. And that it's like much more real than any reality show that we've covered on this yeah. show before. So things just really quickly, some things about Terrace house that really change the game is unlike most reality television, there's no uh, confessionals. There's no one-on-one with the individual talking to the camera. We learn everything we know by watching conversations. Yes. Uh, another thing, it moves at a much slower pace than any other reality show, yeah, basically, ever. Yeah, they don't ever. have to do challenges. There's no challenges or anything like that, but there's also not, like, um, there's not a lot of drama. In, in, yeah. in the first, um, we, we watched eight episodes of Aloha State, because that's all that's available. More, I think, is coming on April 4th, another eight episodes, and yeah. I think they've, they're doing 24 episodes is all that they have Ooh. on the books right now, which is very exciting. There's, like, 40 episodes or so of uh, Boys and Girls in the City, but, like, the first six or seven episodes of Boys and Girls in the City, like, nothing happens. It's all just kind of setting up, um, like, future stuff. But, well, like, I would and, argue more happens than happens in Aloha absolutely. State. Absolutely. <laughs> um, but, like, if, if two people go on a date, that's a good episode, because it never happens. If two, char- if two characters... I need to avoid saying that. If two people kiss, it's, like, holy fucking shit, must-see TV, because it doesn't have... Like... One thing we, uh, one of the things we were thinking about talking about for this, um, uh, for this episode, this Max Fun Drive episode, was we did watch all of this season of Are You the One, which let's get, let's give them 60 seconds. And if you don't want to be spoiled on this season of Are You the One, just skip ahead literally one minute. But they added an extra boy and an extra girl. There's 11 guys, 11 yeah, instead women. Instead of the typical 10. And they, you still have to find your matchups, but like that adding, it's still 10 weeks, right? And so like they yeah. made it much harder. Um, and they, they lose money. They lose money every time they blacked out, right? Yeah. And so they, they blacked out and lost uh, half a million dollars. Blacked out means they don't find a match. Right, right, right. Sorry, go listen. You, sorry, you have to also go <laughs> listen to our other Are You the One episodes. Um, but all of the people on this season, and it's why we didn't want to talk about it, all of the people, say for like one or two of this season of Are You the One, just f- sucked. Like they we were, didn't, ju- they were just miserable we to watch. We didn't root for anyone. And it was like you couldn't root for anyone because as soon as you started to feel like maybe somebody was going to work out, literally like 30 seconds later, they, they would have destroyed fucking it. They stupid fighter. They yeah. would like go make out with somebody else. Yeah, or go and, threaten somebody else yeah. with, with violence or something like that. Like it was really, it was it's, really it's a gross. brutal, brutal TV. There was no, there was no like love stories you were rooting for. And everybody, the biggest thing, everybody was playing a fucking terrible game. And so I wanted these journalists to lose very badly for the first time ever and again skip forward maybe 15 seconds they fucking lost it's the first season they've ever lost they didn't get the money and holy shit it seemed like they were going to get it together they got it down to two unknown matches and they couldn't and they couldn't fucking get it and so the they were like waiting for that million dollar announcement and the lights come on and ryan's like nope and god feed it to me slowly like grapes they fell apart they fell the fuck apart it was so tasty good griffin and i celebrated (laughs) that's like it that's all we could talk about the season though because we couldn't be like oh and these two were super cute they weren't like no it sucked it was a bad season now let's get to um aloha state yes um let's let's speak broadly before we get into specifics because i don't think we're gonna do an episode by episode recap because that would take a really long time um generally speaking i am not as into it as i was in boys and girls in the city although i'm willing to extend it a certain line of credit because i also think like that show didn't get really interesting until cast members started switching out 
which has not happened, does not happen in this eight episode yeah. arc, although it, it is about to. Um, like my favorite characters in the house were not the ones that started out there, right? Because when starting out, we had um, Makachan, the baseball player, who was like kind of okay, whatever. And then we had the um, the woman who was in, who's getting her um, PhD. Like that, there wasn't a lot of interesting stuff going on there. And so like when people started to switch out and we got like Natsumi in and we got other folks in, like that's yeah, when that show started to pop off. I will off. say all the ladies liked Mako-chan. So it was like a way to start, start the episode because there was still like a, you know, what type of person are you looking for? Yes. Who are you interested in? And also I think like episode two of that show, people started like going on fucking mad dates. Yeah. And Uchi, regardless of what you think of Uchi, who was the, um, the defendant in the meat car, or I guess the, the, what's the other, the plaintiff in the meat yes. crime incident. Um, went on Uchi week where he asked out like all three of the women yes. and like went on dates just to like see who was a good fit. And then that was like one of the best romances of the show came out of uh, Uchi and Minori. Um, none of that so far yeah. in this, in this original cast, this, this cast of six. And again, it's three young men and three young women. Um, there's not much heat between any of them really. And, I just, I feel like I've watched eight episodes of the show twice now. We've watched it twice now because we watched it again to like yeah. make sure. And I just don't know that I know that much about any of them that I find particularly fascinating or like enthralling or engaging. Should we list real quick who they are? Yes. So the uh, three men, there's Yuya, who is 18. Yes. Like three of the people in the house, which we should get back to because I feel like it's the biggest problem with this season. He's um, 18. He He's an aspiring actor and he came to live in this house in Hawaii um, to work on his English. He yes. says he's the only member of his family who doesn't like speak English. And so he wants to so he can become, a, I guess, a successful international acting star. Um, he's very thoughtless. That is pretty much all you need to know about you. Yeah. <laughs> But has relatively good he's intentions. Had some, yeah, he's he's had some sweet conversations with people in the house, and like also um, he's eighteen. He's eighteen. That's the big like, he's like just getting it's started. It's so hard. And whenever I think of like, well, this really rubbed me the wrong way. I keep coming back to the fact like, oh well, like half the people in this house are eighteen. Which, if you remember in Boys and the Girls in the City, um, when they revealed this uh, very late season cast member Rico, they were like, Rico is uh, an eighteen-year-old girl. Isn't that? Isn't that wild? We got a we got a really young yeah. person in the house, isn't it? And then to start off this season, and be like half of them are eighteen. It's like whoa, that's not a good call. I don't think. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not because they, there isn't a lot they can do. Like a big part of boys and girls in the city was that they would go to bars together. Yeah, and clubs. Well, it's just the bigger thing is also like all of the drama is by definition kind of. like There's nothing wrong with being eighteen. Whatever. I'm saying is like a a um like a flashpoint for drama on this TV show. Like all of the drama is very like eight, 18 year old drama, which well, you also have a 27 year old and a 25 year yeah. old in the house. And it's just like, it was weird. Like it just didn't play well. And it felt one like nobody them, has anything to talk about. One of them. So Yusuke is, is literally, he's 18. He's still in high school. Yes. Um, and the other 18 year old is Lauren. Lauren. And she is just out of school and is just kind of getting started with a professional life. Yeah, she is a, Yusuke is a um, musician. He's a guitarist and ukuleleist. Yeah. And he is a very soft boy, ex- exceedingly <laughs> soft boy in a, a, a way that we should also get into because I feel so conflicted about Yusuke. Um, the other guy is Eric, who is 27, a good yeah. nine years older than half the people in the house, which like, uh, the thing I kept coming back to is like, whenever I'd hang out with Justin, my oldest brother, Justin's friends, they would, they were six years older than me. And I still felt like they were in like 
they were like on another planet, right? Yeah. Like I would, t- I would talk to them with an air of especially reverence. Especially when you're in high school. Especially when you're in middle school and they're in college, right? Yeah. Like that six year gap covers that. Yeah. Um, a nine year gap is like unthinkable. That's like hanging out with my dad's friends. <laughs> and all of a sudden, like my dad is more than nine years older than me, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like, I can't imagine being 18 and like hanging out with 27 year olds and like, yeah. This, that's what this Eric guy is. Eric is a, uh, the oldest guy in the house and also kind of not a, um, architect necessarily, but he's trying to build a little no, bar kiosk. He in says some that store. he makes, he makes furniture. Um, he does construction, but he is working with his friends to start a cafe. Um, you may hear oldest guy in the house and, knows about construction and think we got another Hansan on our hands, but no. this is a fucking far cry, a a, a sad shade of Hansan. He is Hansan, a whisper of Hansan. A whisper of Hansan. There's more Hansan in Hansan's little pinky than there is in this, <laughs> this Eric. And then um, Avian. And then Avian is uh, 20, 26. 26. Yes. Um, and she works at a, a t-shirt shop uh, that is apparently kind of a big deal in, uh, I think, Waikiki. And, um, well, Avian's like one of the people in the house that I feel like I don't know anything about. Cause all that we've seen is like her kind of relationship with Yuya, um, a bit. And then the last woman in the house is a Naomi Lorraine Frank, who I'm a huge fan of. And Rachel's just kind of tepid about. She's 23 yes. and she has lived in Japan. She moved to Japan when she was seven, seven and has lived there since. Um, obviously they're not in Japan this time. They're in Hawaii. And pretty much most of the folks in the house are uh, either either half Japanese or Lauren is, um, I think, half Chinese, half European, she says. Yeah. So um, there's a there's a much broader sort of mix of um, all of them can speak. All of them um, can speak uh, Japanese and pretty much all of them can speak English, which is one of the weird, like off putting things. Yeah, they'll about switch the show. back and forth. Lauren, especially. And all of a sudden your subtitles will disappear and you'll be like, wait, what? Wait, what? I can't hear it because we have like white noise blasting at like 40 decibels. Our volume is at four right now. Yeah, because we're trying to, our baby's literally asleep right next to the TV in a swing. Um, so, um, yeah, like there's, there's, uh, and, and, and one of the things that we like really liked about Terrace House, uh, Boys and Girls in the City, and obviously like it was never going to happen in this show was like, you and I are big fans of Japan. We went there for our honeymoon. We like yeah. love the place and are like dying to get back. And so there was a bit of like tourism to it, uh-huh. um, both in that they would like go to dope places, like really fucking cool places, and they would eat like the best looking food. Like they go out to restaurants where you catch your own fish and then they like sashimi it up for you right there. But they would also like cook amazing looking food at home. I feel yeah. like a lot of people in our group like learned what omurice was from watching this and. Yeah. Um, us, I mean, at least me included. Half of the fucking meals they eat on Aloha State aren't like poi and, um, you know, tasty looking authentic Hawaiian dishes. It's like, y'all, it's like shitty looking DiGiorno pizza. Like and- literally like homemade mac and cheese from a box, uh, like frozen pizza. It's, and, and, it's a bummer. I, I think it's a. It, it's kind of a. It's also because half the people in the house are 18. It. Like, if you're 18, it's like, yeah, pass me the fucking Easy Mac, dude. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. We don't get that from it. Although, like, I try not to judge it for that, right? Because and Hawaii does look beautiful. Hawaii looks fucking beautiful. And I'm sure in the, the panel, which is back, it's the same panel from the end of uh, Boys and Girls in the City. Um, the panel is, like, really taken with it. And they talk about, they open up the season talking about how they took this trip to Hawaii as sort of like a table setter. Um, and how they just fucking love Hawaii. And so I get that, right? Like, I'm an American dude watching them in uh, America. And so I'm like, oh, well, this isn't quite as... 
Um, this isn't quite as exciting as the last season was. While I imagine if you live in Japan, which is like the show's original market, and you see people hanging out in Hawaii, then it is like it is different and it is exciting in the way that uh, Boys and Girls in the City was for us. But uh, it's it is it's different. Although that's not, I think my sticking point with this season, and I still really liked it and I still really enjoyed it. It's not because it's not in Japan and it's not because like of the language or whatever. I don't. I really don't care about that. It's just that the people are. I just don't think there's a lot of interesting, there's not a lot of that heat, you know, between them. Yeah. And I think the age difference is a big part of it. I think you're right. I think if, I mean, it's hard to compare at this point because I'm almost 35, but if you put me in a house with an 18 year old, I I wouldn't know what to go do with that 18 year old. Like maybe eat meals, which is what they do. They go out to lunch a lot, uh, go to the beach. They go to the beach a lot. That's just the beach and lunch. Um, so. I guess let's, should we start breaking down like some of the highlights? And again, I don't know that we need to go episode by episode. Obviously, with the first episode, we get the arrivals. Yeah, I think we should go chronologically. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you want to, you want to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So the big thing we find out in episode one is that Yusuke, the 18 year old, very soft boy. Um, when they're all having a conversation, uh, him and the other guys, I should say, about their relationship history and, and maybe who in the house they think is attractive. Um, Eric says that he has been single for three years, and Yusuke, the 18-year-old boy, says that he has been single for 18 years. Which is all of his years. Which is all the years. Yusuke, here's, here's, here's what I'm torn about Yusuke. He's a very soft boy. Yes. He's a very talented guitarist. Yes, he also reveals his his skills in this episode, and he's very talented. Yes, they don't make you wait till episode six like they did with Tap in uh, no. in Boys and Girls in the City. Um, he's very he's very soft and he's very inexperienced with well everything, but m- like the thing that we get to see most of is like with women. Um, and so he has a crush on somebody in the house. He has a crush on Lauren, um, and like is really clumsy in his uh romantic pursuit although there's certainly like a lot of stuff there that happens that's like kind of kind of charming kind of sweet it's very innocent i think for the most part and he gets advice from the other two dudes who like aren't the best dudes um there's this weird phenomenon where yuya the 18 year old whenever he hangs out with eric the 27 year old he's kind of a shit heel a little bit and I think a lot of that is just yeah, kind of posturing. They, kind of, they rib Yusuke a lot for his his status. Yeah, and I think that um, he's not as bad about it when Eric's not around. But um, my problem with Yusuke is like, and I don't want to, I don't want to uh, like cast aspersions or anything like that. But like, I feel like when you are that young and you kind of recognize that you are a gentler boy. It can be uh, easy to like lean into that in a way that is not necessarily um, healthy, like so- socially yeah. speaking. Um, like some of the some of the things that Yusuke does feels a little like um, feels just a little bit like Eeyore, not Eeyore, but just like um, sad, heartfelt protagonist of like a coming of age movie like i think i and i'm speaking I'll, I'll be frank here like i'm speaking like as somebody who i feel like also did this a lot growing up because like i was I, I was not this lothario but like i had this thought i romanticized it in my mind yeah. i romanticized like that's what being 18 is though i don't fault yusuke for that like that is what being 18 is no. if you're a sensitive person yes it is not knowing who's in your league and constantly falling on your face because you romanticize that maybe they'll see through 
through your awkward facade and and really zero in on the gentle soul that you are. And I like, think yeah, that's what, being a teenager. What makes me uncomfortable, I think, is that that can't, and I don't think it happens in this show, right? And, and again, like Yusuke seems like a perfectly sweet dude. I also think that can break bad really fucking fast and really fucking fast and really bad. Like that, like I'm owed this, like if I keep playing oh, this up yeah. and I, I'm, I'm a sweet boy, then eventually this person who I'm pursuing will have to, will have to like end up with me because yeah, I'll, I, I will true. have earned it with my sweet behavior. And that, that can, that's, that sucks. Like that can, yeah, that can get could, really, really shitty. He could turn into somebody that's kind of a monster. But I, it, it doesn't happen, right? But I, it just, no. it kind of bristled with me because I think ultimately that's an unhealthy like way of doing it. This like romanticizing your, um, awkwardness around the people that you're attracted to. Like, I think that can get, I think that can get kind of bad. And I also think like the stuff like where like, somebody will be talking with him and we'll leave the room and then Yusuke will like say like a little button to the scene to himself like every fucking time he's oh, on can camera. can I give you an example of yeah. that? So in this first episode um, they're all talking over dinner um, or maybe it's I don't know, it's some meal and um, they start talking about the difference between Japanese and American men um, and, and Lauren very diplomatically says, you know, it really depends on the person. Like I'm not going to make a broad sweeping statement about entire culture. Uh, and Yusuke says, everyone is experienced. I've never been with anyone before. It's a little bit, it's a little bit on the nose. I was but- telling Griffin, it's like, if you read it in a novel, you'd be like, this is really bad writing. There's like, also like, why is this character saying, saying these things? We should learn about them. And, you know, instead of having to hear him say literally, yeah. this is who I am as a character. Eric and Yuya will be like talking to him and be like, you just have to find your own way of asking this person out. And then they leave the room and he sits there in silence for like 10 seconds. And he's like, my own way. What are you doing? You know, like I, 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 I think there's that. I think there's that romanticize, romanticization, romantic, romanticizing. Yeah, I think there's that romanticizing happening. But I also think it's like there's a wicked spin on it, which is like he also knows that he's on a TV show, and so like I, I think he knows also that people are gonna find him very charming and sweet and innocent and like oops are you playing a character a little bit now like yeah all that said like i think he's a, i think he's a sweet guy it's just like he he does things that like i feel like maybe i did a little bit when i was his age that i now look back on and be like man i wish i hadn't just like when yeah. i went to that party where i didn't know anybody and i was kind of bummed out i wish i hadn't just like fucking like sat in the corner moping and waiting for somebody to come talk yeah. to me yeah and thinking the whole time like if i do this i will be oh like somebody will recognize my silent well, furious what... genius and like come <laughs> and talk to me that's and what I, movies teach you right that's what movies like, teach you yeah and it sucks it's not right yeah. it's not the right way to do it um so yes i will say so just to end episode one, um, all the guys are talking at the end, and Yuya says that he likes Avian, and Eric says that he thinks Lauren is interesting, and then Yusuke says, it's only the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> And then the episode ends. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I try not to, like, I don't I don't know how much of that is also just, like, a translation thing. So I guess I haven't I read too much into it. But now that you pointed out, like, more or less everything he says kind of does seem a little <laughs> yeah. um, romance novel <laughs> yeah. a little bit. Um, so, yeah, like, I don't, I don't know that they, I don't know that they make, like, a great first impression. I don't, uh, Yuya and Eric are kind of rat baggy a little bit when they're together but i don't think nearly as much as like some of the more toxic dudes that were in boys and girls in the city it's like a weird alpha situation right like i feel like yusuke came in and he was like 
Um, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm willing to take advice. You know, I'm trying to figure my way into into women. And the guys were like, here we go. Like, yeah. we'll help you. The women are great, though. Like, Avian, I feel like we don't know a lot about, but she's she has some, like, fun stuff throughout the, the first eight episodes. Um, Frank I like because Frank is kind of on the... Uh, I call her Frank. Her name is Naomi. Frank is her last name. Um, Naomi is... Uh, Naomi's. I feel like, is great because she's kind of the opposite of Yusuke, where Yusuke has this unrequited love for, or crush at least, for Lauren... Um, Naomi develops this, this, um, admiration for Yuya that is completely unrequited. Um, and I feel like she's very like, I don't know. I think she's a lot more entertaining in her pursuit. Um, and Lauren, 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 I, it's hard to get a read on. Um, she talks about how she got into, uh, studied abroad and I believe Hiroshima for, Uh, yes, for like a couple months or something like that. And like, she so deeply fell in love that she learned to speak, Japanese, but she lives in Hawaii now. And um, well, and she was born in Massachusetts. She was born in Massachusetts. Yeah. So she's. Um, I, I I think what like kind of puts me off is she does she, and maybe it, it, this is just like um, again casting aspersions based on people that I knew that I grew up with that when they went to study abroad they would come back a changed person and yeah. would be kind of fucking annoying about it. I don't think she's annoying or anything like that. But there, I don't, I don't, I don't know. There's something. I, I there's think- something about her. I don't know. I, I kind of empathize with her because she's, um, her interests are very introverted. You know, she's, she's an amazing artist. Too. Yeah. She's, she's an artist. She's a model. Um, but, but her primary interest is art and she is just not especially outgoing and is having difficulty, I think, living in this house with people and having to kind of explain who she is and how she's feeling and, and connect with all these strangers all the time. Like, she just seems to me like kind of a classic introvert. And also, and, and again, like, no judgment, but like, a, she's 18. And so like, maybe all of that stuff isn't ironed out yet or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I, I think I, I, I like the I like the women. And so I feel like we didn't talk a lot about what they did in that first episode. And um, it's just because nobody really did much of yeah, anything in that no, first we episode. We'll get to it. Um, so let's let's. Oh, and then the episode ends with Yusuke like really shredding. And boy, he just khaki king slaps the fucking ever loving shit out of his guitar. And he's when he doing plays. it while he's in these like matching PJs. It's very cute. It's charming. It's very, very cute. Uh, so the next episode, I think, is a good chance for us to, if if you haven't listened to our previous Terrace House app, to address the panel. Okay. So the panel is a group of, I mean, I don't know that they're all professional comedians, but they're, they're all... They're comedians and hosts of yeah. things and performers. Uh, uh, Trindle is, a, I think, a model performer, and I think she was on Terrace House. Um. Yeah, most most of them are are like comedian presenters. Isn't it three though. men and three women? Yes, it's um. Isn't that interesting? I never thought about that. Yeah, I guess I haven't either. Uh, to you, uh, Trendle, Tokue, uh, Azusa is the woman that always has like the dope the dope clothes on. Okay. Uh, Yamasato, who's the dude with the glasses, and Kintaro, who's the the boy, the boy actor, the replacement of uh, the other the other boy, the much younger boy, who was not very very entertaining at all. So the way the show's set up, it's like the panel is watching along with you. Mm-hmm. So instead of kind of preparing their reactions in advance or summing up uh, at the top of the episode, um, they'll break in a few times and react 
in what feels like real time to what you just watched. Uh, and they are as enthusiastic and excited about Terrace House as we are about The Bachelor. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. So it's really fun to watch. And they are they're they are a um, they're entertaining because sometimes you'll be watching and like something uncomfortable will happen and you'll just pray to God for the scene to end so we can get to the commentators yeah. to like drag them for this yeah. uh, this like kind of uh, uncomfortable thing that happened. But not only that, like uh, we touched on this in our last episode where we talked about Terrace House, like they are kind of an important um, like touch point for uh, like cultural differences, like things that we may not understand. Like I, this show is so fucking approachable. Like we don't watch a lot of, um, that's actually not true. Like I got a Crunchyroll subscription around when Henry was born. And so like, I realized that I can watch a lot of anime with the sound completely muted, which is good for 3am rockings to sleep. So I, I watch a lot of that these days, but like other than that, we don't like watch a lot of like Japanese media, I guess. And I feel like it's because I never thought it was especially approachable. Yeah. And this panel goes a huge way in like making me feel like I understand literally I great, everything that happens. I have a great on, example. On yeah. Uh, they say these like really pithy little things that are, that just kind of transcend culture. So mm-hmm. for, for example, um, one of the hosts comments on Avian and says that she, quote, looks like an old classmate. An old classmate that you would see at a wedding or something yeah. like that and recognize. Yeah, which is exactly how she looks. She, like, she looks like somebody you went to school when with. I, and- when they said that, I was like, yes, she she just is, is very friendly, very attractive. Um, but has a very like girl next door quality to her. And the, and that description I just thought was so perfect. And yeah, funny. for sure. Uh, so, so anyway, so the panel starts every episode with us, uh, and kind of sums up what happened last week and what they're excited about for mm-hmm. this week. Um, so this time we see, um, the gang kind of break off because, so for example, Yusuke has to go to high school in the morning. Yeah. There's a lot of people having, that have like different And like jobs. half of them, yeah. Half a lot of, of them, them travel. have real jobs. Yeah. A lot of them travel back to Japan for work and stuff. So they'll just like disappear for a whole episode. Um, but, uh, Eric and, uh, well, Eric goes to work and then the rest of the gang is going to go to lunch and Costco, which it just so fucking always a big deal. The the show show ruined Costco for me last season for reasons that you will probably know if you go back and listen to the old stuff. I guess. Did anything happen on this? Yeah. I don't think anything happened (laughs) on this lunch day. I can't remember Um, much about episode two really at all. I'll, I'll just say that in this, uh, we get more of Yuya giving advice to Yusuke on being proactive. Um, we see Eric and, and Naomi being the only two adults able. Oh, I guess actually Avian would be able to drink too. But I don't think she does. <laughs> I think, I think Naomi and Eric are like the only ones that drink, which like we only point out because is the drinking age different in Japan? I feel like we looked this up last time during Terry's house. I, I think it, I think it's like, 20 maybe 20. i'm not yeah, 100% sure right. um but just like it feels like in every episode of terrace house boys and girls in the city like they were fucking drinking and partying and yeah. there's a whole plot line about how like one of the women um natsumi got really upset when uh oh no i can't remember the other woman's name that said something about uh, natsumi's drinking and natsumi like got really fucking pissed off about yeah. it so like there's a whole plot line around it um last season um, and like for it to not be a facet in this one is just like, I don't know. It's weird coming off of fucking Are You the One, especially which we were watching concurrently of just like a show where they were drinking so very much. Yeah. So um, here's, so the, just the brief things that happen. Uh, they make Yusuke play again by the pool, which it becomes very clear like he's uh, going to become their performer. And the panel kind of talks about that. Like, isn't it kind of shitty the way they're treating Yusuke? <laughs> like, play, go get your ukulele and play us a song. Yeah. Like, 
That's that's his work for um, him. We see Lauren drawing a little bit, so we get to know like how ambitious she is regarding her drawing, and then we get to see Eric working on his cafe. Oh, this fucking this dude. All we see of it, we're not big Eric fans, and no. like I don't necessarily think he's like the worst dude or whatever. It's just like. I don't know well, much about him really his, at all. His ambition becomes smaller and smaller and smaller the more you get to know him. <laughs> so at first you hear that he's designing this cafe with his friends and you think like, oh, like a freestanding structure that could hold many people and provide a lot of sustenance to a big group. Uh, and then you find out that it's more of a kiosk inside of a retail establishment. It's, but for some reason he is working on it constantly. constantly. And it's it's literally like every time you see him in the <laughs> I, I cracked up because I didn't catch this the first time I watched these eight episodes. But this time, like every time you see him in the house, like at the coffee table or whatever, like working on his computer, it's they may even just be using the same fucking shot over and over again of him very slowly rotating this 3D <laughs> model of his like like lemonade stand. I know it I'm looks sure like a lemonade, and I'm sure stand. it's like a lot of work or whatever. But it's like compared to last season where Hansan was like. Here's all of my sketches of this like yeah. thing I'm submitting to this contest. And this, or this like, like I'm gonna build a hat store, like something like really substantial. And this dude's just like here's my Maya like 3D asset I made of this like thing, and it's like you've been here for at least two months. The heartbreaking it. part is in a later episode they go to the actual store where his cafe will be, and it looks I mean it looks like a like a touristy kind of store. They're selling like Hawaii themed goods. And he's just going to have a little stand in there with his friend, but he's just agonizing over every detail of this stand. Um, and it's just hard to get excited with him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's some talk of like an Eric Naomi romance, although that literally doesn't manifest at all. There's no, a lot of like false Yuya starts. And Lauren I feel go like. running, in which we know Yuya from Lauren, Boys and Girls like, in the City that could be a thing, but it it's doesn't not. doesn't turn out. There's like yeah. a lot of like false starts, I guess. Yeah. Um, episode three? Yeah. Uh, so... Actually. Oh. Can I steal you away? Oh, yeah. I'm doing it. Okay. Are you are you uncomfortable to do it because of just all this sort of bad Tim Allen stuff that's going to press I really feel days? uncomfortable using a song associated with well, Tim Allen. Well, here's the thing. I think it transcends Tim Allen and Tim his Allen bad Tim Allen made takes. some comments in the new news in which I think he... it was on Kimmel. I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. Which is a, you know, a reputable It wasn't on the news. Fucking Times didn't come to him like, what do you think of uh, being a a conservative in Hollywood? Yeah, he talked about how hard it was to be a conservative in Hollywood and made a very unfortunate comparison. He said it was like being in 1930s Germany or something. Yeah. Boo. But here's the thing. This this stinger (laughs) is bigger than him. Okay. It's bigger than him. It's bigger than all of us, would you it's say? It's bigger than all of us. It's bigger than you and I, certainly. But it's bigger than Tim Allen, I think, definitely. So we, we're going to keep using it? I think we need to. Tim Allen has problematic hot takes. <laughs> and I think we put it right there in the middle of it, and we couch it. And then it's fine. Because okay. now it's like a public service. Or we could just um, we could just not use that song. What, do you, what would we do instead? Um... Well, maybe it's it's specific to what we're discussing. What if we did the theme song to Last Man Standing? No, still Tim Allen. Oh, though. farts! It is, isn't it? What if we did um, <laughs> oh, to in- to infinity and beyond? Yeah, or maybe like the theme from the movie The Santa Claus. Yeah. Oh, gosh, why can we only think of Tim Allen productions? Shoot, I don't know. That's so weird. Let's just stick with the Home Improvement one for now. 
Because again, it's much, much bigger than him. Hey, can I tell you about the Max Fun Drive? Please do. It is uh, a way that you can support uh, us and all the shows on the network. Maximum Fun is a listener-supported network. You hear that in our little uh, logo at the end of each episode of every podcast on the network. We are... Wait, how's it go? Maximum Fun. That's my John Hodgman impression. Comedy Uh, and culture. Comedy and culture. Artist-owned, listener-supported. That's John again at the end. Um... We uh, we are supported by the Max Fund Network. They take uh, donations from listeners that we um, sort of ask you for every Max Fund drive, which is our annual thing. It lasts for two weeks. And uh, they take that money. And uh, whenever you donate, you get to pick which shows you listen to. And your, your donation goes directly to those shows. We also sell ads on this show, which you've heard us do a few times. But like a huge, 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 vast majority of the money that we receive for the show is from is from donations. Um, this is our first Max Fun Drive on this, uh, on this network. Um, and so, like, uh, if you say you listen to Rose Buddies, like, that's gonna determine how much we make from, from, uh, from the donation pool. Um, and so it is a way of directly helping out the shows that you listen to. Um, shows like Rose Buddies, like, we started this show knowing it would be a lot of work and, uh, joined the Max Fun Network even after we had a baby because we thought, like, hey, we could maybe turn this into, Maybe something bigger. Maybe we can make this like part of our career or whatever. Yeah. Not, not that we'll become professional bachelor commentators or whatever, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so like we were added to the network. We joined the network because like we knew we could come here and get support from, from listeners. Well, and it's a community too. I think from the very beginning with Rose Buddies, we had a really active community of people that were watching along with us. And since we've joined Max Fun, it's only gotten bigger. Uh, And people, people find friends through this community, you know, people find other shows that they're interested in. Uh, I would say more than a lot of podcast networks, you'll see people really relating over what they're consuming. Uh, And I think that's because the the tone of all the podcasts on this network is is genuinely pretty good spirited and and kind and i like that yeah so if you become a new donor to the network um you will help support us you can help us reach our goal of ten thousand new and upgrading members you can also get some great pledge gifts which we're going to go into here in just a second um and um you just get to feel like a, a, a bit of ownership over the network and um like you're a, a member of the family and you're really helping us out every time that you listen so you can donate at a, a big range of levels for five dollars per month you get exclusive bonus content should we reveal our bonus content yes please uh, why don't you tell them okay so we wanted to do something really special for our donors this year uh, and when we were thinking of episodes, we thought of a lot of things that honestly seemed pretty easy to us. And then we thought, you know what we should do? We should reach out to our good friend, Rosebuddy's listener, uh, the Bachelorette of Canada, Jasmine Lorimer. She was so great, y'all. We were and all so, we, so nervous, but it we, went so good. We interviewed her over Skype, and she shares some really exciting takes on her own experience on the bachelor in america uh on some of the contestants on her show um and some of her favorite rose buddies podcast moments oh it's so good it's so good yeah she she was really great and the interview went really well and we were we're so happy and thank you very much jasmine for for helping us out and um so yeah if you donate at five bucks per month you get that bonus content you also get bonus content for every show on the network and there is so much of it years ago uh me sydney mcelroy and Teresa mcelroy did a my sister-in-law my sister-in-law and me uh, and you can still access that if you donate uh, this pledge drive. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's at the five dollar per month level. If you want to give a little bit more, at ten dollars per month, you get uh, you all. You, every time you move up a rank, you get everything in the previous tiers. At ten dollars per month, you get an enamel pin designed by Megan Lynn Cott, and there's a design for every single one of the Max Fun shows. Rose Buddies is just a big rose with a banner under it that says "When You're Ready." It's really sweet. It's really sweet. Um, but there's pins for all of them. There's a snake that says "It's Time to Zag" from a Bim Bam. There's an electric dire bear from the Adventure Zone. Um, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of really cool designs, and you can grab one of those. Also, I believe if we hit our ten thousand uh, donor goal. Uh, then these pins will also be put on sale and the proceeds from that are going to go uh, directly to charity. So yeah. um, if you are unsatisfied just picking one at this level, then there's going to be other ways to, to to get those. But only if you donate. Um, and at $20 per month, uh, you get the Keep in Touch kit. And this is nine custom note cards plus envelopes, uh, three encouraging designs designed by Sonny, uh, Brian Sonny D. Fernandez, a four-color rocket pin, a getting there rocket stamp, and a rocket-shaped candle, which apparently smells like a freshly sharpened pencil. Do you know who designed that candle? Oh, was it? It was Rosebuddy's listener, Erica Huff. Oh, that's so great. Mm-hmm. Hi, Erica. <laughs> um, Erica, you make our house smell so good, and we're so grateful because it would stink like babies and cat poop the rest of the time if not don't you think no, well okay I maybe mean, we clean the house or whatever but just like babies one of us cleans the house hey now smells like a freshly sharpened pencil friendship and a bit of wax because it's a candle uh and it's meant to inspire you in your correspondences that's at 20 dollars per month there's other tiers that we're going to get to uh, a bit later but just like no matter what you can support us with if th- what really matters that is that you like um, you show your support and you let us know that like, I like this thing you make and I want more of it and I want different kinds of stuff. Like who knows, Rachel, and I could do fucking 10 podcasts. <laughs> We've gotten a lot of suggestions on other shows we could cover, uh, yes. which is, you know, something maybe we could do with For uh, sure. a little more scratch. So, um, thank you all very, very much for, uh, if you're already a member and you listen to more shows, like if you were a fan of Adventure Zone and Vim Bam last year and Rose Buddies just joined the network and you started listening to that, if there's other shows you're listening to and you spend more time listening, maybe think about upgrading your, your membership just to kind of reflect like you're consuming more of the stuff. Um, and yeah, just, I don't know how to put this. Like, I really don't give a shit, like how much money people donate right but like when people tweet like i'm supporting this thing that you make um with any amount of donation like it makes me feel so good like it makes me feel like we're doing something that like people dig i've already seen some people saying that they were and this boggles my mind but they were introduced to the the mcelroy shows through rose buddies uh which is just warms my heart yeah um so yeah again if you do want to donate you can go to maximumfund.org slash donate uh, or you can just go to MaximumFun.org and click on the Donate button and follow the instructions. It's quick. It's easy. Go do it now and just knock it out. Um, and you get to choose which shows you listen to, and your donation goes directly to those shows. So um, think think about doing it if you listen to our show and enjoy it, and uh, let's, let's move on. Okay, episode three. Avian helps Naomi with her job interview. This is cute. So she's trying to get a job yes. as a hostess at a restaurant, but she does not speak much English. Um, yeah, she speaks enough, but not nearly as like fluently and confidently as well, some of the other people in the house. she's doing a phone call, too, she's which doing a can phone be kind of nerve-wracking. With, okay, it's Tommy Bahamas? Yes. I did not know this was a restaurant. I, I know, I just a, thought it was a style of shirt. I thought it was a sort of a big, loud shirt. Um, but yeah, I guess in Hawaii, maybe he has an empire of of restaurants and goods. Yeah. Um, so this was a sweet scene of like... Um, 
Avian like kind of whispering <laughs> into Naomi's ear to like. Well, she's yeah. reading off of like a notebook. Yeah, trying to like help her nail this phone interview, and she does get the job at Time Bahamas. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, I was into this. I was into this. Yeah, arc. she's saying she wants to pla- uh, practice her English. Um, and you know, she just, she literally just came to America for this show. Right. So she has almost no work experience. Um, but she's very sweet, yeah. you know, and I think that her eagerness kind of helps her out a lot. Um, is this when they also go on the big surf trip that turns out so bad? Yes. I will also say that, uh, Yuya starts going to, um, ESL school, but yes. for some reason there it's, it's called ELS. Yeah, I don't know. Which I don't know what that would be. English English is a language second. I no. maybe. Maybe, but probably not. <laughs> uh yeah. But then they, they all go on this well, not all of them, but most of them go on this surf trip. This surf trip is our first drama, drama moment of the whole thing. Drama, 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 drama. And it's uh it's all right. It's uh basically Eric and Yuya and Naomi and uh, avian. avian go on this surf trip and um they all like plan it together and go and then when they get there uh naomi doesn't know how to surf and so eric and yuya and avian are kind of showing her the ropes and then at some point i guess eric and yuya the two dudes just like break off and like go hit those those big tall yeah those tall so pipes. when they're on the beach they literally just show naomi how to get up on the board but then they take off and go surf and kind of leave her in the water by herself which i mean i'm no surf expert but I imagine getting in the water is the hard part. Yeah. And they just kind of abandon her and leave Avian to kind of hang out with her. Um, which sucks. Which she doesn't talk about. They go about the rest of the day. They have a meal together. It's not a big deal until they we get don't back find to out house. about it until later. And apparently, once they get back to the house, um, I think it's Avian sort of talks about how Eric came to her and Lauren actually. Lauren, Lauren came. who wasn't even on the trip. Lauren didn't go to the trip, but Eric asked Lauren to see if Lauren could get Naomi to stay home from the trip because yeah. they only wanted confidence surfers so that they could go out and have such a fucking fun time. And that's that that kind of bummed me out in a major way because it kind of like reveals Eric's intentions of just like, oh, I want to come to this place and just like have fucking fun in the sun and go surfing and shit. And not form important interpersonal relationships, which is what this show's really about. You just want to come and just fucking hit those. It's almost as if Eric is not here to make friends. It's weird, right? He's just there <laughs> to, like, carve foam. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I, th- I just thought this was really, really shitty behavior. And so the episode ends with Lauren approaching Eric to grab him for a little little one-on-one conversation. I will also say this is where um, two more things happen. So... Uh, we see Lauren working at the banana shop, which seems to be a smoothie shop in which only bananas are used. <laughs> this is weird. It's just her peeling a mountain of bananas. Um, It's a lot of bananas, and the job doesn't last long, I guess. I think in the next episode, she reveals she's been fired from the <laughs> banana shop after four days. It's almost like they didn't ask her to peel all those bananas, and that's why she got in trouble. <laughs> We peel them to order. You've peeled a thousand bananas. These are going to be mushy by the end of the day. Yeah. She also said, no, what she said, she says she peeled like 2,000 bananas, I think is the number she said. Is that true? Can you peel 2,000 bananas in one, like, assume eight-hour shift? How many bananas can you peel in an hour? Oh, are you asking me yeah. this literally? Yeah. How many can you peel in a minute? I think I could do maybe... Well, this is interesting because you peel differently than I do. It's true. I peel from the fucking bottom Griffin to the peels top. from the bottom and uses the top part I don't want to get handle. all Kirk Cameron here, but God gave him a handle. God gave him a handle, and it's on the other end than the one you guys fucking... When you eat an ice cream cone, do you just, like... Or, or a, a stick, a dippy bar, a dilly bar, 
Do you like break through the fucking stick off first so you leave it without any sort of holdable? No. This is not comparable. That is not It's a entirely fair... comparable. God gave it a handle, Kirk said. Is Kirk Cameron, does he use his religious um He uses the banana interests? as pr- he doesn't he doesn't work for fucking Chiquita. No. But he just focuses all of his religious energy on the banana? He's got a whole thing. Um uh, and oh, and the other thing that happens this episode? Or do you really want to I can do know? four bananas a minute, I think. I think if I really went hard at it, but can you keep that pace up? Because you have to like stop. But if I went nonstop for eight hours, four bananas a minute, that's 240 bananas uh, an hour for eight hours. That's about 2,000 bananas, actually. I take it back. All right. Well, it depends on the ripeness, too. Doesn't. I can I can. Some of those bananas them. are hard to get into. I imagine you develop a technique after your thousandth banana. <laughs> what else happens? Uh, and this is where the panel introduces one of our favorite shout outs. Uh, so the panel can get kind of filthy. Um, they can, they can make some kind of gross, uh, commentary. Um, and they seem to really go for it when Tori Chan's not there. So. Oh, fucking shit. This is the funniest shit ever. What happens this episode is they, they start getting dirty about the bananas. They get so um, horny. It's so fun. <laughs> like, they get so very, very horny. And sometimes they say gross stuff, but they, most of the time it's just sort of this, just like, it, it kind of reminds me of what, um, the, the, um, the medium we like to work in sometimes our art form of just like absurdly like horny like <laughs> you know what i mean yeah um yeah they're making all these comments about whether or not um a person could use a banana to pleasure themselves yeah and <laughs> fucking you uh uh says uh they're too mushy or somebody says they're too mushy and you're like well you can freeze them and all of a sudden, they all just start yelling for uh, Trindle, who they call Tori-chan. Yeah. They just start yelling Tori-chan, and then they use that as a short form for, like, anytime it gets too horny. Like, they just start shouting for this woman who is, like, yeah, this... Yeah, because she was, she was gone for a few this episodes. Pure, this guiding yeah. force of purity. Yeah. Um, God, it's it so fucking funny. It's a nice shortcut. Griffin and I have wanted to use that several times in other conversations, totally out of nowhere, but Which have not. Which absolutely nobody would get. Have not yet. Okay. Next episode? Yeah, so this episode starts off with this confrontation between Lauren and Avian's there too and Eric and like nothing happens at all. Yeah, Lauren Lauren basically says, Hey, you you kind of hurt Naomi's feelings. Uh it was kind of not cool what you did. Um and Eric's like, Oh yeah, no, you're you're right. I shouldn't have done that. I don't want her to feel that way. Um and so they kind of coach eric into apologizing to naomi um and so he the panel makes a big deal out of this he like goes in and is like hey naomi come over and talk to me uh and kind of makes her come over and talk to him um and and naomi starts to cry um because she's like you know i don't know anybody here and if i can't make friends with my housemates like maybe i can't make friends with anybody in this country yeah uh, and Eric, Eric does not know how to handle it's her really emotion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think this is also the episode where we see Yusuke play at the school or is that the next one? I don't really remember anything else. It is. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And this is where we learned his stage name. Yeah. So what is it? Eden Kai. Eden Kai. Cause his, his, he says his name is really Ethan. Um, yeah. but he goes by Yusuke in the house. Um, that doesn't explain why his stage name is Eden Kai. Well, maybe because it sounds like Ethan. I don't know. I think I it's know. just rock and Eden roll. Eden Kai is pretty fucking rock and roll. Yeah. And he's rock and roll because he's playing at this elementary school. And this song that he plays, like the other ones he plays, like this nice sort of 
um tap tap guitar style music and this one is just slap guitar style music because it's mostly percussive like him just banging the ever-loving shit out of the drum out of, out of his guitar and like fucking just working it for the audience just like given given them just the most powerful faces the most powerful tenacious d rock faces <laughs> yeah uh, this is also where we see him kind of try to work up the nerve to ask Lauren out. And so he's like, oh, what are you up to? And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I don't have a lot going on. And maybe we should go as a group to the North Shore, which is, I guess, a attractive beach in Hawaii. Yes. But it's also a group date invitation, which we saw some of those in Boys and Girl in the City, where it's like, oh, I don't want to go on a date with you, but let's all go to Costco. Yeah, for exactly. Uh, so that's, I mean, that's that episode. That's that episode again. Not a big one. Not a big one. Episode seven and episode eight pop the fuck off. So let's, let's, let's try to get there. Okay. So next episode, they go on the uh, beach trip as a house. Uh, the bros throw football on the beach. Um, and oh, this God, is I just where what happens. And I don't want to be, I don't even want to be on this podcast. <laughs> Yusuke again decides he's going to try and get up the nerve to talk to Lauren. Um, but what he actually does is stand next to her while she's laying on her towel. Uh, well, and there's like an umbrella between them, so she can't exactly see him, but he you like, hope, but yeah. he's standing like six feet away from her and just like waiting for her to like wake up or something. Yeah, I guess she napped for a while, but what we see is him standing near her while she's looking at her phone, just not saying anything. Which it is hard to excuse this. I, I, I think there's a version of this where you can say like, oh, he just didn't know what to do, right? He's so awkward that... But it's also really hard to not read this as just, like, pretty creepy, I think, maybe a little bit. I was creeped out by it. You don't stand behind someone kind of hiding while they sleep on the beach. <laughs> yeah. That's not a good... Uh, the optics on that, Yusuke. The optics, Eden Kai, are no good, my man. Not good stuff at all. Yeah. Um, eventually, she kind of does, like, sit up, and he's like, everybody's sitting over there, and then they just walk over, and nothing really happens. Yeah, uh, this is where Lauren reveals that she was fired uh, from the <laughs> banana stand. <laughs> um, and Naomi is, says that she's getting ready to start her, her job at Tommy Bahamas on Monday. Um, I was wondering what day of the week it was going to be on, so. <laughs> <laughs> we take very extensive notes. You take weirdly notes. specific notes sometimes. Uh, we get more of Yuya giving advice to Yusuke. Um, this is, this is one of those examples Griffin was talking about where he's telling him to give more confidence and that he gets his in his own way. And then he leaves the room and, and we say Yusuke walking up to his bunk bed saying in my own way. And then he like slams his head into his pillow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the panel says some really funny things when they go down to the beach, they all pile into the truck that the house provides. <laughs> um, and they all talk about how romantic and exciting that's it would be the, that's uh to that's ride the dream to ride in a truck bed yeah and one of them says i'd settle for a popped trunk <laughs> <laughs> that was funny and he was like uh, i'd love to ride around hawaii inside of a popped trunk <laughs> yeah. uh and they talk about how now that lauren is fired yusuke is going to go stand in front of the banana stand and and <clears throat> play protest songs <laughs> so that was funny um so this is where we see Eric at the store planning out where his cafe will be, which they're calling Punchbowl Cafe. Uh, and it's just a, it's a very tiny square it's footage. Small space in a store. Don't get me wrong. I couldn't do this, right? Like, I'm sure it's hard opening up like a little yeah. kiosk wherever. It's just like, I don't know. It doesn't, 
I don't know. It does not a show make. It does not a show make. It does not provide a <laughs> lot of drama. Because yeah. it's like, it's going to go from here to here, and there's three stools. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, and so this is where we get the first kind of roommate drama, where Avian and Naomi confront Lauren about her messy house behavior. Yeah, so the big problem here is that they kind of team up on Lauren and come after her like... Do you leave your hairs all over like and you leave mean towels girl style. on the floor? They do this thing, oh gosh, that I have had done to me and that I have done to other women, where uh, you act as if you're not accusing someone. You just say, let's come up with rules as a house. Like, maybe we don't leave our towels on the floor. And maybe yeah. we replace the toilet paper. And I don't know, maybe we we try and just kind of we straighten don't, up. We don't leave our dishes by the bed. And so but Lauren- it is totally avian- and Naomi leading this conversation yes, at Lauren. And so Lauren gets bummed out. And then later Naomi is bummed out because she feels like uh, Lauren was being very deflective and defensive during this conversation. And so she's talking to you and you is like, yeah, you kind of teamed up on her there and you made her feel bad. And there's a way of doing this where you don't like both come after her. Like, well, what if she lied and was like, oh, I didn't do it. It must have been Avian. He's like, well, then she's a liar and that's who she is. And you yeah. deal with it. You, this is one of the conversations that I feel like um, Yuya is like, you're not a total, you're not a total dummy. Like, you're not a total dumb dumb. And you are a lot of the time when you specifically, so we haven't talked about um, Yuya went on a date with Naomi where he goes to the beach and the whole time he's just like, this isn't a date and I'm kind of bored. Can we go? And is really, really, yeah, we, uh, didn't talk about we didn't that. talk about that, but he's like very thoughtless. He says like a bunch of things that are very thoughtless. And he said so- stuff like that to Yusuke too. It's like, uh, kind of knocking him for never having had a girlfriend or whatever. And um, he can be very thoughtless, but he can also, like, I don't know, he also has conversations like this sometimes. And he is, most of his advice is suspect, but he's kind of sweet to Yusuke. Yeah, kind of like a. I, I had wondered, because this is another thing where subtitles comes into play. Like, part of me wondered, like, does he just have a really dry sense of humor? And that's why he comes across as kind of a jerk, because he's joking? I don't know. It's hard to say. I don't know either, but... um. Yeah, and later on, uh, Naomi goes to apologize to uh, Lauren for them ganging up on her, and it's squashed pretty effectively. Yeah. It's the, no meat crime incident. We still haven't no. had that fucking tasty, like, arc, that three-episode arc. Uh, the other thing that I like about this show is we get uh, Lauren and Eric talking about their experience watching Terrace House Boys and Girls in the City. Yeah, so this happened in, in the last one, too, but it, this one really made me think about it because... Um, around episode six, episode one, it started airing. And so Avian and, um, uh, Lauren went out to lunch and they're like, did you watch Terrace House yet? And Avian reveals to Lauren that, um, Eric said he was into Lauren in the first episode. So it's like, while you're on this show, I can't imagine being on this show now. I, I used to think it'd be like really fun, but now I think like you have to watch every fucking thing you say because the cameras are rolling and then there's a six week delay before everybody in the house yeah. knows everything that you said. Yeah. Kind of puts a weird, like, I don't know, it's kind of a weird police state that they have going on in this house where I like her. Uh-oh, a month and a half later, she comes to you like, oh, I heard you said you like me. Yeah, there's a lot of subtle and not-so-subtle Netflix promotion that happens during this show. Yeah. Uh, and that everybody on the show can watch Netflix anytime they want. And so a lot of them are watching the program sure. they are actually on. Uh, let's get to episode seven. Oh, that was just episode five? Oh, it's in six. Uh, episode six is the farmer's market. Oh, yeah. The- uh, Naomi goes back to Japan for a week. Yeah, Eric and Lauren go to this farmer's market, and 
it's another one of those like i don't know it's just them hanging out and having fun at the farmer's market but they don't really become closer as friends or lovers really um yusuke has a talk with his dad at the recording studio about women and the panel just loves his dad because his dad asks are any of you guys dancing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which the panel was like why would he ask that like this dad has done some shit in his day <laughs> well yeah and there's this suggestion of like is yusuke a big dancer and we just don't know about it yeah. like does yusuke have a dance that he does around the house um so before naomi goes back to japan for a week yuya makes her this kind of like ice cream sundae um and gets her a coat when she's cold which just adds to this like why are you treating her like your girlfriend yuya I take on, um, we're going to get into this jacket thing because it becomes a point of confrontation later on. Would you give uh, a woman your jacket? Yeah. Just even if you had no romantic interest in her? Yeah, sure. If I had another jacket. <laughs> if you had or two if I had jackets? Sleeve, if I had a flannel on and a jacket, you know me, I wear a flannel and I wear a hoodie. I don't need two layers. I see somebody wearing like a tank top and it's cold outside. Like, yeah, I would help somebody out like that. That's a, that's a basic fucking like human function of just like, I don't want you to be cold. You or do it for a dude too? Yes, dude, yeah. I did it. Fucking Minsker came over here the other day when we were chilling on the porch. I was like, here, bud, here, have my jacket. Well, he, he asked you for a jacket. And I gave it to him, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> I think there's, there's a, a confrontation between, so this, this starts to build a slight, like, thing between Avian and Naomi over Yuya. There's sort of a love triangle going on here, but I really don't think Avian's into Yuya at all. And I don't think Yuya's into, um, Naomi at all, where they're talking and, Avian's confronting Yuya and just like, you gave Naomi your jacket. I would never do that. I would never give somebody my jacket. That's not something you do with somebody unless you're really interested in them. And I don't think that's true. Yeah, I don't necessarily think it's true either, but it's it's kind of symptomatic. And why you why you hurt why you hurt my feelings like this? Oh, I mean, I think that you're a very generous soul. So too generous. But if if, for example, I was wearing a short sleeve shirt and then a friend of ours was also wearing a short sleeve shirt. I would want you to check with me first and be like, "No, I would give you my jacket for you're you're adding you're complicating the situation <laughs> un, unnecessarily." You're also wearing a jacket because I married you because you're prudent. <laughs> no, actually, you're the one that always has the jacket. That's true. And then I give it to you, I'm, and then you remember, have a I'm the Dharma. You're the Greg. That's right. But the, if the second fucking Dharma comes along, I don't give them my jacket. That's goof troop. Okay, I'm just making sure. That's goof troop. <laughs> Okay, so what else happens this episode? I hope not much else. Um, baby's going to wake up soon. This is hubris. Um, oh, so this is when Yuya goes on a date with Avian. Uh, he asks her to go surfing, and they get food together. And they do this kind of coy exchange where they're like, is there someone you like right now? I don't know. Is there someone you yeah, like right now? She asks Yuya, is there someone you like right now? And he's like, yeah, there's someone I'm into right now. And he's like, what about you? She's like, nope. And it's like very, it's very. <laughs> well, no, she of, says, but, but maybe. I could, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, and then uh, Eric and Lauren kind of get together for work on his cafe. On his. <laughs> on his and then Yuya continues to help Yusuke figure out how to ask Lauren. Yes. Out. Okay, episode seven. Yes, this is where things finally start to happen. This is where we get to see Lauren's modeling skills. Uh, she has a really refined walk yeah she's got a good walk we uh, watched a lot of uh we're kind of experts we watched a lot of we did watch ant in the season with rita aura and let's go ahead and drop this bombshell of how tyra is <laughs> coming back which is in my mind the most tyra bank shit maybe ever right? she's like i'm leaving the show good luck rita 
have a great time. And we thought Rita did an excellent Rita job. Rita fucking ruled. Every, this show ruled. All of the panelists ruled. And I was so into this fucking direction. And then the final episode of ANTM, they're like, boy, we were having a hard time figuring out who should win. If only we had some sort of guardian angel. look." And then sure enough, Ty, Ty, Tyra comes in and she's like, here, let me drop some knowledge on you. She's on screen for two minutes. And it's like, here's who you should pick. And here's why. Bye. And now she's like tweeting like, I missed the show too much. So I'm back. And it's like, Tyra, if I was Rita, I'd be pissed, man. I'd be super bummed out. Yeah. She did a really good job as host. I know a lot of people weren't super into it, but like, I don't know. I thought it was fresh. Yeah. I still love Tyra and I'm excited for her to get back in the captain seat. It just struck me as like, I don't know, a very Tyra thing to do. Mm hmm. So. Uh, so all that to say, uh, we get to see Lauren do some modeling and she's actually really seems to be very good at it. Um, Yusuke is in the uh, audience for this runway show that, um, and yeah. he is just like smiling like a goober. Yeah, because um, Lauren is wearing um, like a like a swimsuit. Yeah. in one of it, and, and just a lot of shots of him going. He doesn't. I'm walking here. He doesn't actually. Hey, do hey, and he's not walking. <laughs> get to keep the cannoli. <laughs> Leave the guns. He isn't. Hey. He isn't Italian. Is that? What I don't know doing? what that was. Like when my voice is this <laughs> shot, like I don't think I do even any sort of accent. So it's this, sort of an omni accent. And we point out the moments of drama in this show, and they are the moments of drama, <laughs> but they are so subtle. They're very low stakes. There's a pajama conversation. Jesus. So uh, Naomi talks about when she was gone, she got some pajamas, and maybe she'll show them off sometime. It's kind of flirty and fun. Uh, and then they have this big conversation about whether or not pajamas uh, are stiff or open. Um as in, if you meet somebody that wears pajamas, what does that say about them? Yeah, and Yusuke, Yusuke thinks they make you stiff, right? And then somebody's like, I think it's like the most open you can be wearing pajamas. And Lauren was like, naked is the most open you can be. She says it with a completely straight face, and everybody's like, don't say that with such a straight well, face. Well, because Naomi talks about how she doesn't wear clothes. Yeah, Lauren's never naked, and she's always naked. And, and Yusuke, it- again, is like listening to this conversation like, I found it strange to have such strong opinions about pajamas, so I wanted to ask you what your thoughts are. I mean, fucking look at me. On pajamas. You know what I think about pajamas? Pajamas for me are like max comfort. I'm not trying to like... Well, it made me wonder if they were differentiating between like sweatpants and a t-shirt and like clothes, giant pajama jamas, clothes like matching, that are designed yeah. to be pajamas. Um, Again, like I've never owned anything that I would s- fall asleep in, but I would think like, boy, I hope somebody sees me in these and gets turned on. It's just not a maybe. Maybe that's just a difference um, because I feel like a lot of a lot of people buy pajamas to seduce. Sure, sure. That's, that's one anything, reason. That's one reason why I'm just saying I approach it. For that's more not of like anything a, you've ever done. Well, I, no, I approach it from a pure comfort angle because odds are I'm going to be wearing them until about 1 to 4 p.m. <laughs> yes, the next day true. working from home. So, like, for me, it's like I, I want some true. off-court buddies I can really hang out with. I guess that's true. Um, anyway, so that was the, a big conversation. Can we get to the big question at the end of this episode? Oh, uh, well, first, Avian and Yuya go on another date. Yeah. Um, and this is when she's, like, confronting him more about his relationship with Naomi. And here's the thing. I think... Uh, Yuya and Naomi seem to, like, actually have a lot of fun together. Like, there's a lot of scenes of them, like, playing in the pool. In the next episode, they have the world's worst water balloon fight ever. But it's, like, cute and it's fun and it seems like they're having a good time together. And we don't get scenes like that between him and Avian. Yeah. um, Who, again, is uh, eight years 
Yeah, she's 26 him? and he's 18. Um, not that that necessarily has anything to do with it. I'm just like, it, this, this struck me as sort of a trope of like a romance story of just like you are into her and she's not into you. And this other woman is definitely into you, but you're not into her. And I feel like everybody's just with the wrong people. And like in every single one of these conversations, it sounds like Avian is saying like, you don't want to be with Naomi instead. Like she's trying to like foist him off to like somebody who he'd actually like be happy with and somebody who actually likes him. It's tragic, tragic love story. Uh, This is also where, uh, is it Sena? Sena. Sena comes back. Sena and her boyfriend da- I don't Daiki. What's his name? I wrote um, it down. Yeah, that's how you spelled it. Daiki. Um, they come to visit the house right after the panel was. This is some bullshit. But the panel was like, "Wouldn't it be wild if Sena showed up?" They're so desperate for like actual authentic drama that yes. they want to bring back this famous because they don't have that Natsumi. Natsumi made things pop the fuck off in the first season because she made them have like real conversations and like address the fact that they weren't becoming actual friends in the house, and so they had to squash all these little micro beefs to get there. And they didn't have that this season. So Sena rolls up with her boyfriend, the surfer man or wind surfer man, brings Daiki, like a bottle of wine and a bottle of wine. <laughs> She's just like, let's fucking party. And she is unlike anybody that's on this season right now. She is from uh, Boys and Girls Next Door. Actually, Boys X Girls Next Door was the name of the original oh, series. Really? Yeah. Huh, I didn't know uh, that. that we have not seen because it's only in Japanese uh, and we do not know where you would even get it. Um, but she rolls up and tries to like ask those hard questions. Um, but doesn't get very much information out of anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think Lauren and Avian are both not present when this is happening. Uh, and they push Yusuke to ask out Lauren. Um, and they just, they have a lot of wisdom to share with the group and they hang around until late in the night, uh, and then take off. And then this is where Yusuke asks out Lauren. Yeah, maybe inspired by. Sena's brazenness. Um, I want to. I want to know more about Sena because they talk about her all the fucking time. I know. And this was not a very. The panel treats her like a legend. I know. And she says that she walks in the house and somebody's like, "Weren't you on Terrace House the first time?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm kind of a legend." Yeah. And it's like, oh, you you do kind of seem like you rule a lot. I would like to know more about you. As she's leaving, she's like, "Hug me, hug, hug me, me, bye, hug Thank me, you. bye." Hug and the me. panel is just delighted by this. So this must be something she does. Yes. Yeah, so Yusuke asks out Lauren. Yeah. His approach is. Very oh, it's off. The worst. It's the worst, but it's also very authentically like person asking out another person for a first date for the first time in their life ever, because he's put a lot of planning into this ask. He comes at her and is like, "Are you doing anything Friday or Sunday?" And I don't know like what the strategy was there to like couch it so she couldn't gives, say no to one day and let miss me, to another. Let me just concisely say he gives her. A choice of days, a choice of movies, a choice of times, and then leaves it all up to her and then just leaves. Which <laughs> and- is not a great way of doing it. Also, for your first date, movie is the worst you could do. Yeah, it's it's a very, I mean, it is, it's a very teen, uh, at least when I was a teen, that was what you would do. Yes. Um, because you could get dropped off there by your parents easily. <laughs> Um, and, and the idea, at least when I was a teen, was that you really were just going to make out in the dark. You're just going to make out. It's not going to happen here. No. Um, but he's like, I understand that you like animated movies. So is there anything like that out? And she's like, well, let's see. But it doesn't come up with like any firm plans, but 
The panel um, makes this joke that he has probably done a lot of research and, in fact, he knows, knows exactly every all movie, the movies all that the are out. Times. <laughs> um, and the, this episode ends with Lauren going to talk to Naomi, and it's like, I don't like him. This sucks. Like, I'm going to go on a date with him and see if anything happens, but, like, I don't have it's any feelings. It's actually Avian that she goes Avian. to. I, I don't really have any feelings for him, but I'll, I guess we'll, I'll go and I'll see if anything happens. Um, and then the next episode starts with her talking to everybody in the house except for yeah. Yusuke. And he's like, I feel like I've made my feelings towards Yusuke pretty clear. And I feel like you all egged him on to ask me out knowing that I wasn't into him. And so I'm pissed off at you because of this. Um, and they made the good point of just like, we can't tell him what to do, really. Um, and really, like, if you didn't want to go on a date with him, you shouldn't have agreed to go on a date with him. Nobody, yeah. nobody's good. Nobody's doing a great job in this entire fucking situation because nobody should have to nobody should have to go out with somebody that they don't want to go out with and nobody should have to go out with somebody who doesn't want to go out with them because it's the worst fucking feeling both ways and it never ends well and there is no like well maybe i'll wear them out maybe exactly right it doesn't fucking happen and so like watching these two people this this was like the only thing in the season that like really hit me very hard because i i feel like everybody's gone through something like this yeah for sure. Where you go on a date and from minute one, you're like... You can tell right away, like, oh, this person's being nice. This person or, is not interested Or in you are that person that is being nice. And yeah. it's like, you don't know how to, like, let the other person down. It really does... It does suck both ways. And I think Lauren is... It, it really does stink both ways. And I think that Lauren is um, maybe not, not super diplomatic, right? Like, she does some stuff that is, like, a little bit... Um, uh, I don't know, a little bit like not noble of her, like trying to get her way out of this date as quick as possible or anything like that. Um, but like, I don't know, man, this, this whole situation just kind of sucks. And it was really hard to watch because you just, I oh, mean, I felt bad for everybody in it. So they go to see this movie, they go see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, which led to a lot of conversations like, it's a new, it's Harry Potter by the author of Harry Potter, but a new story altogether. Um, and they go and they meet up in front of the theater and they talk about how it's a new story from jk rowling's bold vision oh, and we should mention that yusuke is sporting clothes that he bought specifically for the oh, day man and, and a haircut that he got specifically well, and he for got the date. advice love advice from his barber uh and then runs that advice by eric and yuya and in like a scene oh, yeah. where they're helping him pick his, his outfit out his hairstylist said oh if it's a date you should hold her hand and eric eric to his credit like the first time <laughs> eric is like solid i feel like this whole run so far is just like no don't um do that like if that happens, it happens naturally, but don't fucking do it. Like oh, and also in before this date happens, Yuya and Avian have a confrontation where Avian's like, "I feel like you are completely different around Naomi than you are around me, and it seems like you have more fun with her. So why aren't you with her?" Yeah. And he's like, "Cause I'm into you." And she's like, oh, "Please stop! Please stop! Please stop! Um, <laughs> please stop trying to go out with me." Yeah, yeah, that's a really. I think it's a good conversation because he's like, "But I'm telling you, I'm more interested in you," and she's saying. Uh, yeah, but that's not actually really distinguishable from your actions. Uh, you seem to be more yourself around her. But she does. Like, yes. This is, this is, this is, this is such a clap. There's so many clap. This episode is like really good. And I feel like it's worth putting up with some of the slower episodes yeah, earlier in the season. Yeah, it's kind of the best episode. It's the best episode. It's one of the best episodes in the whole season, including Boys and Girls in, this, in the City, because like, there's so much shit in this episode that resonated with me because like, oh man, I super duper went through that. Like, oh yeah. Oh, we should say the final thing about Yusuke's date with Lauren is that he has this grand plan that yeah. after the movie is over, he's Holy going to casually shit. ask her if she wants to get something neat. And, and she has a standing Friday date with her grandma. So she quickly brushes him off, 
But he, at this point, has already made reservations at a vegan restaurant he thinks she would like. So he still goes to the restaurant by himself, by sits himself. at his reserved table. And there's so many shots of him over his shoulder of the empty t- chair open for Elijah. And eats the meal. And eats the meal by himself. And the panel... The panel is, like, in rare fucking form here. Because they feel so bad for him. And they have this whole thing talking about how, as anybody approaches adulthood, they collect these stamps of just, like, you go and you get rejected by somebody you like. That's a stamp. And, um... Yeah. Like, putting together this thing. And they fucking took... uh, Um, Tokui says that, um... He ate this swordfish alone, but wasn't didn't really taste all the flavors of the swordfish because he was so sad. But someday he'll go on a date with somebody who really appreciates him and really loves him, and he'll eat, and he'll really taste every flavor of the swordfish. And the other person will ask, have you never eaten swordfish before? And he'll say, no, I haven't. And then the camera will zoom right in on his face as he winks into the camera. And, like, they do a lot of, like, fan fiction yeah. <laughs> of this series yeah, they, as they, they watch like it. Yeah, they like to come up with, like, little alternate versions of what they just watched. It was so hard, like... You this thing it was a car crash unfolding in slow motion of like Yusuke asking her to go to dinner afterwards and you realize like oh she's not going to want to do that and then she goes home and is talking to the other other women in the house and is like you know I just thought I would go and try it out and I didn't feel any feelings for him it's like well you did just go and sit in the dark with him for two hours and didn't really talk and like I I get it like it's again like nobody should have to go on a date with somebody they don't want to have to go they don't want to go out with um and then we see uh yuya talking to the other guys yeah um and they he says heartbreaking things like she's a really good person for even coming with me yeah it's um rough. but he can tell that that she was there just to be nice and so this thing and and um yuya says well you know you can feel free to give up but if you want to ask her out i'm here for you um and yusuke says you know i should really just focus more on what i'm working on um and then the last thing that happens is Avian and Naomi go out and Naomi kind of clears the air about Yuya and says, you know what? I'm not interested in him. He does have the same name as my ex. Uh, and I was kind of excited about that, which is a weird explanation. Yeah, but sure. Whatever. Um, and then uh, Naomi says she's leaving. And then the episode ends. That's her first switch out. Like and, and if it's anything like um, Boys and Girls in the City, they're going to start rotating pretty fast now i guess we could google that and find out right like because this show is running in real time in japan and we're only getting it every two months um so like me i think probably in the next chunk we'll probably see a few people switch out yeah um which i'm excited about because yeah. that's that the, the show needs it like it does um i i think the structure of the show works no matter where they put it i really do and i feel like the way that they shoot it and like the tone of the show is the same and the realism of the show and sort of the pacing of the show is exactly the same as it was boys and girls in the city it's just like i don't know i don't i don't i don't necessarily think this these are the six most interesting people um to to be doing this yeah it does really make you think about how you cast a show like this um and why maybe shows like the bachelor and bachelorette so deliberately pick people that are dramatic because if you get, you know, a house full of people that aren't dramatic, maybe maybe it's not enjoyable after all. I, I feel like what hooked us about Boys and Girls in the City is, is it was a show where you got to know all these people and then you started shipping them pretty hard, right? And you just wanted these people to have, like, really good friendships and really good, like, relationships and romance. And I feel like I haven't gotten to know a couple of the folks in the house, like, at all. And not only that, like, I don't really... There's not, there ha- there's no romance in between any of them really popping off at all. And so, like, I think it's time to start switching out because I do feel a baseline, like, um, I do like the people okay in the house. 
and maybe when like new new blood comes in like it always like complicates it and then new romances and stuff pop up and that's what really that's what really grabs me about the show and so hopefully we'll see that in the next eight episodes but i would recommend you go and watch boys and girls in the city and then watch this because again there is nothing else like it on television like there is nothing that has the the tone that this show has and the the sort of style yeah. of the show um hey let's talk uh, about the max fun drive one last time before we wrap up huh? okay uh, again, if you donate to the Maximum Fund Drive, you will be supporting us and our shows and our network and our craft. Um, our art. Our art. And uh, you will be um, a, a member of the family, and you'll get some pretty cool pledge gifts. We talked about the other levels at 35 bucks per month. Do you actually want to hold my computer and read? Yeah. Here we go. The handoff. Careful. Oh, it's heavy. It's, it's heavy. It's very, you have a very, very small computer. Mine is, mine is big because it... Uh, so chunky, 30? chunky. Lots of RAM. You know how much RAM's on that one? Oh, just hundreds of them. Eight. Oh. What's... Uh, so at $35 per month, you get a pair of rocket engraved beer mugs, which are very nice, like beer steins. Uh, at $100 per month... Whoa. You get membership in the Inner Circle, which is the monthly culture club. Should we say what we contributed? We contributed Al Jarreau's Breaking Away. An album which is unironically very important to Rachel and I, <laughs> and we did it. We were think we were like trying to figure out what we were going to give. We were the yeah. we were the February Culture Club, and so we were like, let's do Breaking Away by Al Jarreau because we listen to that record like a lot and of the times. It's romantic. Come, it's romantic. It's very romantic. Uh, and we we're like, well, maybe we should do that. And then like a day later, Al Jarreau died. Yeah, and we we're like, we have to fucking we have do that. to do it now. It's a great album. Uh, at two hundred per month, you get free registration for Max Fun Con twenty eighteen. Max FunCon rules. It's a real treat. Griffin and I have done both West and East. Um, me as a guest, Griffin as a performer. And it's uh, a hoot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so I would say join where you feel comfortable. Yeah, you can really any like we a lot of people are like, I can only do $5 a month. That's fucking rad. Like, all that matters is that you um, if you can and you feel like it, you show your support to the network. You just go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And it's really easy and fast to, to become a member. You'll get some cool pledge gifts, but also you'll um, help support us in this this thing that we do and have sort of been able to turn a, a career out of. And that's like 100% entirely because of you all at home. Um, we're trying to get 10,000 new and upgrading members, and we're doing really well, but um, we want to blow that, uh, that, that away, obviously. And um, there's lots of bonus content. Even if you come in at five dollars per month, you get the bonus uh, Rose Buddies. Yeah, where we like talk years to Jasmine. and years of bonus content. So, so if you join much. now, you get you know all previous years' content. Um, but really, just like think about it. If you listen to us and you spend a lot of time with us uh, and the various shows that we do, and you enjoy us, then just think about supporting us. That's all that we ask. Um, and if not, that's cool. Um, next week is going to be another Max Fun Drive week, and then we're through the woods. Yeah. Um. I think that's it. That is it. That's Aloha State. It's good. Go watch it. Go watch Boys and Girls in the City, too. Anything else? What are we doing next week? Need to figure that out. <laughs> we do. I really want to watch the first scene of The Bachelorette, but oh, I don't Trista, know yeah. if we're going to be able to watch the whole season in advance. No. Um, if it was Curious George, do you want to talk about Curious George? Because we've watched like three <laughs> fucking seasons of Curious George in the past six days. For, we we have given a lot of very specific tastes to our almost four-month-old baby. Uh, and one of the things that we think he likes is Curious George. So we watch a lot of it with him. Uh, in the wee hours of the morning. He's, 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 I mean, he's defo into it. Uh, by the way, he is also has a cold. And so that's why we were late for this episode. So sorry about that. Yeah. Um, we hope you can forgive us. Jeez. Okay. Our son is sick. Okay. <laughs> Please. 
Uh, I think that's it. Okay. Thank you all for listening very much. And we'll talk to you next week. And happy Max Fun Drive. And I'm Griffin McElroy. I'm Rachel McElroy. When you're ready. Stay with us on this journey of joy. Spoiler alert. She ends up with Soldier Boy. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.